All right, how are we doing this morning, church? I am so excited to be here this morning as we continue to look at the book of James. Some of you uh, may know who I am, some of you may not. Uh, My name is Tyler, and I am the director of student ministries here. I've been here for about four months, and I just want to take a moment to say thank you. It's truly a blessing for me to be here, and I'm just so excited. And Thank you for all the love and the support and just welcoming in that you've done in the first four months. I look forward to years in the future. Like I said earlier, I'm excited to be continuing our series, Life According to Jim. Well, we're looking at the book of James, and, and James, he was a little brother of Jesus. Are there any younger siblings out there? I'm, I'm the youngest of two. And I would always look up to my older brother, and I would always try to, like, measure up. And, like, so my brother was really good at school, had really good grades. So I was like, you know, I got to try to to get just as good as grades, if not better. And I'll just take a moment to say that didn't happen. But, you know, I would try. Now, for, for James, his older brother was Jesus. So how do you think he, he measured up? I always have this, like, vision. Like, they're at the dinner table, and Mary's there. And it's like, what did you guys do today? And Jesus is like, you know, hung out at the temple, listened to some rabbis, you know, save your things. And James is like, I played outside. I guess, like, how, how would you measure up to Jesus? But I also looked up to my older sibling as a teacher, as a role model. And for James, well, I think he had the best role model and sibling to look up to. He had Jesus. And this morning, we're going to dive into James chapter 3, and we're going to look at it together. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to brittle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also, though they are so large or driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. So we know that this was a letter written by James for the 12 tribes and was written for them as a reminder to encourage, to consistently live what they have learned in Christ. And James right here is saying, hey, what you say matters. What comes out of our mouths matters. Use this analogy of a horse with a bit in its mouth and how that's used to to guide the horse where it's needed to go. The average weight of a horse is 660 pounds. So this, this big animal is guided where it needs to go by this little piece of steel, like five to six inch piece of steel. He also says that there are huge large ships are guided by a small rudder. We all can agree ships are pretty big. And they are turned to the left, to the right by this little rudder underneath. See, the average length of a tongue is three inches. Compared to the average size of a human being is anywhere from 5'2 to 5'6, 7'. So the same way that the rudder guides a ship, the same way that our tongues guide us. See, what we say matters. What we say has an impact. 
And I see two different ways in our lives that I see this the most. I see it in the way we say things about others, and I see it in the way we say things about ourselves. See, the tongue is a dangerous thing. Some would even say the tongue is a deadly weapon. And growing up playing sports all the time, I would hear this phrase over and over again. Whether you say you can or you can't, you're right. Whether you say you can or can't, you're right. I tend to think about this phrase in baseball. I was a baseball player. So let's say you're, we're going up to bat in the bottom of the ninth inning and the winning run is on third and all you need is a hit and your team wins. If you go up there thinking, I can do this. I got this. I'm the best person for this job. We're going to win this game. You're more than likely right. Or if you go up there thinking, there's no way I'm going to get this hit. There's no way I can do this. I'm not the right person for this job. You're also right. I heard the phrase, whether you say you can or can't, you're right, probably hundreds if not thousands of times. And it didn't take me very long to realize that it wasn't just about sports. And actually, that was a phrase that could be used in pretty much anything in life. What you say about yourself has an impact more than you even realize. We all have this tendency to think negatively about ourselves. We tend to look at ourselves and think that man, we'll never measure up, that we are never good enough, we'll never be good enough. We say that we don't look good enough, that we don't have the nicest car, we don't have the nicest house. All of that is classified as negative self-talk. And negative self-talk is very dangerous, and this is why, because negative self-talk makes you feel blue about the world, about yourself, and about the future. It contributes to low self-worth. It makes you feel like you're not effective in the world. Negative self-talk has been found to, prove, found to feed anxiety and depression, cause an increase in stress levels while lowering levels of self-esteem. This can lead to decreased motivation as well as greater feelings of helplessness. Negative self-talk is shown to affect our outlook on life, and all of that comes from our tongue. It's a little part of our bodies that affects the whole body. This also works the other way. When we speak positively about ourselves, when we say things like, I can do this, I am good enough, I am the best person for this job, these phrases are positive self-talk. And that has proven to have the same power as negative self-talk. You see, positive self-talk has been proven to help you see the whole truth, not just the negative aspects of any given situation. By using positive self-talk, you're more likely to build confidence and self-esteem, feel more in control about your life, and achieve your goals. But with positive self-talk, it's not just the, the fluffy, empty statements that the world offers us, but it's the biblical truth about who we are in Christ and who God says we are and what he's doing in us. See, when we use negative self-talk and we degrade ourselves, it's like a slap in the face to the person that made us, our maker and redeemer. What we say about ourselves matters and has an impact. And along the same lines, 
what we say to and about others has just as much of an impact. I think we can all think of a time where we have said something and we immediately regretted it. Like as soon as we said it, we saw the words and we wanted to like reach out and like grab them. Like, no, I didn't mean to pull them back in. That's what we wanted to do. But we couldn't because we we said them. And because of that, maybe someone that we love and we care about was deeply hurt. Or even worse, there was a friendship or relationship that was completely lost. And maybe for some of us, we've been able to rebuild that relationship and friendship. But for some, we haven't been able to. And it eats at at us every day because of something we said. We no longer have that person in our lives and it eats at us. Because what we could have said, what we would have said could have been avoided if we would have thought before we spoke. If we would have thought about the effects that it would have had before we said it. We need to mind our speak. We don't speak our mind. We mind our speak. We don't speak our mind. We need to think before we speak because once we say them, there's no taking them back. And I'm sure we've all had moments like this in our lives. And there's one that clearly stands out in my mind every time I think about it. As I mentioned earlier, I have an older brother. He is 18 months older than me. And when I was 15, our parents split up. And there's a good amount of time where I would live with my dad and my brother, Scott. He would live with my mom. And during that time, we didn't have a lot of great communication. And, and there was a lot of things going on in our lives. And there was one night that I remember every day. We were spending time together. I was taking it back to my mom's and we started getting into an argument. We were arguing and it started escalating and escalating and escalating till eventually I looked at him and said, I don't have a brother anymore. As soon as I said that, I wanted nothing more to grab those words and pull them back. Because I didn't think before I spoke. I didn't think about the effects it would have on my brother, my family, the effects it would have on me knowing that I hurt my brother. I didn't think about that. I just said what was on my mind. And every day I wish I could take it back. And all of that was because I didn't think before I spoke. Now, thankfully, I was able to rebuild that relationship. My brother is one of my biggest fans and supporters and loves me. And I'm so thankful that we were able to rebuild that relationship. And, and Scott, I'm sure you're watching. I just want to tell you I love you. See, what we say matters. And it has a huge impact. Not only on ourselves, but others. In fact, for every negative comment we say about ourselves or we hear from others... It takes about three to six positive statements to counteract it. See, I'm sure you've all heard this phrase before, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. Just want you all to know that. In fact, uh, Sometimes I think that person that came up with that phrase is deaf because words hurt a lot. Words are like sharp knives that cut deep. 
And most of the time, the wounds, well, they're unseen. So we need to mind our speak and not speak our mind in the world we live in. In the world we live in today with social media and all things like that, our fingers are attached to our tongues. Not only does what you say matter, you need to think before you speak, you need to think before you type. So before you chime in on that Facebook argument or you send that tweet, stop and think. Am I building others up? Is this gentle, helpful, biblical creation? Will the way I've said things help them receive this or will it just make them angry or embarrassed? We need to think before we type just as much as we need to think before we speak. James then continues. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze with such a small fire. The tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird or reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who were made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers. These things ought to not be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Now I want to key in on verse 5 for a second. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest set ablaze by such a small fire. Now let me channel my inner Smokey the Bear for a second. Only you can prevent forest fires. Only you can prevent forest fires. James here is comparing the spread of rumors to the igniting of a forest fire. We all know that it only takes a little spark to start a forest fire and how quickly the fire can spread. And we've also either have seen this played out or maybe we've been a part of it about how quickly a rumor can spread. Another reason we got to think before we speak or before we type is it all takes one person to hear something or see that you said something online and they can even take it out of context and they say, hey, did you hear what they said? Or did you see what they, they posted? And then that person goes and tells other people and the next thing you know, the whole city of Louisville knows what you said or posted. Doesn't take long for that to happen in today's age. In fact, all it takes is one post on social media and what someone said is out there for the whole world to see. So again, we need to think before we speak. Now, I think we all can admit that we have said some things that hurt other people. And most of us Instinctively, instinctively know 
We shouldn't have done that. But even still, I think, if you're like me, we read this passage, and maybe we have kind of some, some pushback for James. Because to me, sometimes it seems like James is basically saying, don't talk bad to that person because that's mean. Like, James, I get it. We're supposed to be nice. But, like, you don't see what, you didn't see what they did to me. I get it, James. Don't say mean stuff. But, like, they are pure evil. Like, they are purposely getting under my skin. I have to say something. All right, listen, James. I know this might be a little mean to say the things I'm saying. But do you see what they are doing? Like, how can I not call them out for that? I mean, everyone sees it, everyone's thinking about it, so why don't I just say it? Like, just look at them. And do you see how annoying they are? Sometimes, that's mean, isn't a good enough reason to not poke fun of someone. I mean, look at them. That's the pushback that I have for James. Like, James, I get it, you're saying, I get what you're saying, man, and deep down I know you're probably right, but look at them, dude. Someone has to say something about the things that they are doing or the things that they are saying. Someone has to call them out for that. But James had a pretty good response to all of that. Let's take another look at verses 9 and 10. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Again, we're talking about the tongue here. With it, we bless and we praise God. But then curse people who were made in the same image and likeness of him. James states that this should not be. Everyone was made in the image of God. Everyone. And we come in here on Sunday morning and we sing praises and blessings to God. Yet as soon as we walk out those doors, we tear people down. We speak or we type hate directed at a person who was made in the image of God. How can we praise God in this building yet go out there and tear down people who are made in his likeness? You see, verse 9 gets to the root of the problem. When we tear down others with our words... See, for those who don't have faith in Jesus, people are just people. Weird people are weird people. Annoying people are annoying people. And mean people are mean people. But faith in Jesus changes the way that we view people. Faith in Jesus changes the way that we view people. When you're following Jesus, the way you view people changes. Annoying people aren't annoying people anymore. 
Mean people aren't mean people anymore. They're people made in the image of God. Weird people aren't weird people. They are people made in the image of God. They are people made in the image of God. And anything that is made in the image of the God of the universe, that thing is valuable. And listen, you don't tear down things that are valuable. Our mission here at OCC is to help everyone find and follow Jesus. For some of you, you may have said some things that have hurt people and have turned them away from Jesus and the church. And some of you have even done this without even knowing it. See, there are a lot of nasty things that we can do with our tongue and our speech. And if we are turning people away from the church, and if we are turning people away from God with the things that we say, the things that come out of our mouth, if we are turning people away from that, from him, I'm pretty sure he's not happy with that. That's a big deal to God. What you say matters. James says these things ought not to be so. It's because the tongue is evil, and James tells us in verse 8, because no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And every time I read this passage in James, I'm reminded of what Jesus says in Matthew 15. Let's take a look at it together. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. What comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. So what's at the center of us? Is it Christ? Is it love? What are our hearts filled up with? Take a second, think about it. What are our hearts filled up with? What are our hearts filled up with? Because that, that is what comes out of the mouth. And I would like to think that my heart is filled with love. And I would like to think that, and I would say that it is, that my heart is filled up with love. I wish I could say that, but this passage to me is a a gut punch every time. And I think it should also be to you. It makes me think about the words I have said and, and how I have torn people down. And it makes me sit there and think about 
Was my heart really filled up with love at those moments? So what are our hearts filled up with? Because that is what comes out the mouth. James in this passage says that it is humanly impossible to tame the tongue. Yet he also shares with us some great insights on how the tongue can be tamed by God if we allow him. James tells us here that only a perfect person can tame their tongue, but then also says that no human being can tame their tongue for it's nothing but evil. James says that when we control the tongue, we control our whole being, but none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect, so we can't control our tongues. But we do know someone who is perfect. We know a God who is perfect. And you know what he can do? He can forgive all of our sins and all of the evil that our tongues have caused. And he can give us the power of the Holy Spirit to control our tongues. Maybe today is the day that you realize that you can't control your tongue on your own. And you want to ask God to help you. And you want to make that decision that from this day forward, your heart will be filled with nothing but love. And there'll be no more hate. And you will use your words to lift people up and not tear them down. Or belittle them. But you will speak life into them. You will speak love. And you will lift them up in love. And I want to leave you with this question. How are you going to use your words? How are you going to use your words? Are you going to use them to speak love and life and lift people up? How are you going to use your words? Jesus says in the Gospel of John that people will know that you are my disciples when they see the love you have for each other. So again, how are you going to use your words? Because what you say has an impact. So what impact do you want your words to have? Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for you. We love you. And we ask that you would help us tame our tongues. We ask that you would use us to speak love and life and lift people up. God, we thank you for people 
like James who wrote these words down so that we can use them today to, to live life better for you, to love you. God, again, we ask that you would use our words to lead people to the church and to Jesus and to you and to further your kingdom. God, we love you and we thank you so, so, so much. We ask all of that in your son's name. Amen.